It's been a different sort of Christmas season, and I imagine your Christmas celebration this year has been different than in years past. I hope you found ways meaningfully to connect with your family, to connect with your church family and others. Ways to express your love, your generosity, your hope. But I realize it's been challenging. In fact, I imagine many of you were reminded by pastors on Christmas Eve that Mary and Joseph, well, things didn't work out for them the way they had planned either on the first Christmas Eve more than two millennia ago. I'm sure Mary would have rather given birth to our Savior somewhere other than in a stable. But in many ways, there are a lot of similarities with our present time and that first Christmas centuries ago. I mean, think about it. We celebrate Christmas every year, and we hear the story every year, how Joseph and Mary traveled to Bethlehem and finding no room in the inn, gave birth to Jesus in a stable. And then there was a host of angels that praised God for this holy birth. And shepherds were in the field, and they heard the angels sing, and they came to, well, to see if all the angels said was true. And they found the child in the stable, laying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling cloth. It says that the shepherds told Mary all that the angels had told them. And Mary treasured these things in her heart in silence. And then the shepherds leave. And you just have Mary and Joseph and Jesus alone. What happened after that, well, pretty raucous first silent night that we celebrate every Christmas Eve? After the birth, after the angels, after the shepherds come and go, what happens next? Well, I imagine that, first of all, Joseph and Mary enjoyed some hard-earned, well-deserved sleep and rest. Giving birth is an exhausting process, and I can only imagine with all the hullabaloo afterwards how exhausted they were. But what came after that? What were these things that Mary was treasuring in her heart? It seems to me that after that first silent night, after the night of Jesus' birth, two things that seem very contradictory were equally true. On the one hand, nothing had changed. Yes, Jesus was born. Glory to God in the highest. Jesus is here. But let's be honest, the Romans still ruled everything. Nothing had changed among the, Jewish, the leaders of the Jewish temple. Nothing had changed even for Mary and Joseph's circumstances. They were still in that stable. The world was still as unjust and imperfect and broken as it had been the day before. On the other hand, everything had changed. Everything had changed because the prophet Isaiah and other prophets that promised that 
God with us would arrive to make manifest, to make real the presence of God in our world, that has happened. Jesus is born, and God is very much with us. And a lot of things come with that. There's a lot of hope for the changes yet to come through God in our world. Changes of healing. Changes of bringing justice where there is injustice. Changes of bringing hope where there's a lot of despair. And that's the tension that we still live with. Because both of those things are still true. On, on a certain level, nothing has changed. The, the world is still broken. The, the world is still filled with as much injustice as it was 2,000 years ago. And yet, and more, God is with us, powerfully with us, bringing hope and love into the world. So how do we find that hope? How do we hold on to it and share it? How do we accept that healing, gracious love and share it with others? Well, we can't pretend that the brokenness of the world doesn't exist. We can't go around saying, Jesus is born, hallelujah, everything's fixed. Because we know that's not the case. On the other hand, we can't be so, so pessimistic to only focus on all the things that are still broken in our lives and not recognize the essential truth of Christmas, that God is here. And that means that love is here. Healing is here. Forgiveness is here. Joy is here. Peace is here. Hope is here. The challenge is to live into that love and that hope and that joy and that peace that the presence of God in our midst brings the world around us, brings our communities, brings our families, brings you and me. I know it's been a frustrating, a hard year. But can I tell you what I see as your regional minister? I see congregations that are striving to faithfully carry out the example of Jesus, that are faithfully striving to be Christ's loving presence, forgiving presence, hopeful presence in this weary and broken world. I mean, today you're watching this sermon on video. And I know we'd rather all be in one place at one time, seeing each other face to face. This is weird. But do you know what else has happened because of this? I cannot tell you the, time, the number of times that I talk to church leaders, and they, they say a couple of things. One, they say, we're tired. It's been a lot of work to do this. We've had to learn a lot of new things. But they also say this, and we've worked really hard to find ways to make sure that nobody is left out. Let me repeat that. Time and time again, when I talk to leaders, whether they're clergy or just lay leaders in our congregations, 
They talk about the extra efforts to try and keep our congregations together, to keep them strong, and to make sure nobody is left out, to make sure that technology doesn't keep people from hearing the good news and feeling the love and peace of God, making sure that the needs to physically distance, to maintain safe sanitary protocols doesn't prevent us from reaching out with generosity and love to our neighbors in need, doesn't prevent us from mourning losses and celebrating successes. That's the both and of Christmas that I'm talking about this morning. The things that are imperfect, that are broken, right now they're pretty easy to see. But the hope that Jesus has brought into the world, that God with us means for each and every one of us, and the same hope that we faithfully strive to share with others in Jesus' name, well, that exists too. Through as much love and peace, through as much joy and generosity, through as much love as we can share with others following the example of Jesus. But here's the thing. I know. I know that we're not perfect. If we were to list all of the things we've accomplished and not accomplished over the last year, well, let me just put it this way. I'll own it myself. There are a lot of things I wish I had done differently. There are a lot of things in my ministry, frankly, I wish I'd done better. I see a lot of shortcomings amidst all of this year's challenges. I recognize this year more than many my imperfections, my own brokenness, and sometimes my short-sightedness. And I'm reminded of something that the brother of Jesus, James, wrote when he taught his young congregation about how to live out their faith, how to share the example and the hope of Jesus. He admitted that they weren't doing everything that they should perfectly. Does that sound familiar? But then he said this. If you have to choose one thing to focus on, focus on love. Start with love. Start with finding ways to share the love of Christ as it has been shared with you. And then he says, he writes one of my favorite things in the Bible. Because love, love covers a multitude of sins. I know as people of faith, we don't like to focus so much on sins. We don't like to focus on the, the brokenness and the injustice of the world around us. And just as human beings, we don't like to look too hard at the brokenness and injustice inside ourselves either. But James' words are true across the centuries. If we find ways to lovingly share the good news, the hope of Christmas, the connections that we feel when we light candles and sing Silent Night to praise God again for God being with us in the midst of this weary world. I think that if we, if we share that love, It'll cover a multitude of our sins, of our brokenness, of our mistakes. 
And so that's my invitation for you this Christmas Sunday. It's my invitation for you this new year of 2021 that is about to begin. I invite you to, yes, recognize the brokenness, the brokenness in your life, in your family, in your community, in our church, and also to celebrate the hope, the connections we share through the power of God's Holy Spirit, the love that we share, that we exude, I hope, and all that comes from that love, of making sure that nobody is left out, of making sure that nobody, nobody is starving or without shelter or without hope. There are many ways we can live that out together in this new year. Sometimes we need to invest in the ministries that are doing these very things, learning along the way, two steps forward and one step back sometimes. So I hope that you will generously continue to support the ministry of your congregation, the ministry of our region, the ministry of all the ministries that we covenant to support together throughout the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. I hope that you will be a prayer warrior in this new year, praying for healing, for justice, for God's love made manifest, made real in the world around us and sometimes made very real through your own actions. I hope you'll pray. I hope you'll invite others. And most importantly, most essentially, I hope that you will continue to find ways to love. Love, love, love. Amen.